for the King listeners. How is everybody doing? Hope it is well, well with all of you. I wanted to do a preface to this wonky Wednesday because, I mean, this one's pretty wonky. It's not just, this is not just a wonky Wednesday. This, this one is on a whole nother level. We had a lot of fun with it. Um, this is actually the first time my friend Zach has been on. Uh, Zach is one of my really close friends. We are amateur power lifters. So keep that in mind. The first like two minutes, we're just talking about milk. It's kind of like a little inside joke of just this wonderful substance that God has given us with that helps us put on weight and get strong. So we're kind of just being funny at the beginning. And we do hop up around a lot in this podcast but there is one central theme which is the star that the um the three magi see that leads them to the newborn incarnate son of god jesus in matthew chapter 2 so that's the text we're going to be looking at and interacting with but we do talk about a lot of random stuff but hopefully you guys just find it enjoyable and this is kind of more like a joe rogan podcast where you just have somebody on that has an idea and you guys talk about what they're thinking. So Zach mentioned that he had had this idea about this star. So I was like, hey, let's just film it together and we can talk about it. So this is more discussion-based, not really as formal or structured as some of my other ones are, as is expected on the Wonky, wonky Wednesdays. Uh, yeah, I think that's really all I wanted to say. So um, we are speculating here. We do not claim that this is... Um, the truth or anything. We're kind of just speculating, but we think it's at least plausible with the things we say. So enjoy it. I hope that it's just interesting and kind of funny. Thanks so much for listening to the For the King podcast. Please share, um, give it a rating or a review if you guys find the information worth listening to and enjoyable. So please give a rating and review if you guys would feel so inclined. I would really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the show. Okay, guys, welcome to For the King podcast. This episode is brought to you by Milk. That was witty. Because we drink a lot of it. We do. Half a gallon a day. Half a Half gallon a day. or whole. Keeps the gains goblins away. That's true. If you want to be a large, strong man, you drink half a gallon. Do you want to be big and strong? Drink half a gallon. Because I do. <laughs> it's, it's evident in scripture. I'd like to be big and strong. Got no bodily training is of some use but you need uh milk therapy if you're gonna get it done you have to create a milk barrier within your body <laughs> i forgot when you guys were talking about the milk barrier uh that kind of encases it creates a layer on the inside of your body <laughs> that actually <laughs> It uh, it speeds recovery, so promotes spiritual integrity. In God. You could say that it is white. 
It's pure. It's That's not by coincidence. It's not. Jesus makes us blind. Yeah. Exactly. Milk. Connect those dots. White and fine linens. <laughs> the saints are dressed in white True, and white fine linens. He takes off our dirty clothes and gives us pure vestments. Zechariah chapter 3. Go read it in the scriptures. It's milk. It's a milk barrier. Come out, Lazarus. <laughs> Awake from your... <laughs> Take off... He's just asleep. Your burial He's clothes. Jesus reactivated the milk barrier and brought him out. <laughs> Come out, Lazarus. <laughs> Take off your death bandages. What it, what does he actually say? He says something to the effect of like take off, take off something. the nasty stuff you actually don't got wrapped 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 up in because you were literally dead. Yeah, he was dead. I don't remember actually. It's it's something like take take those off. Like yeah. he makes him. He does say take because yeah. it's because it's. He was a riot corpse for like three days. Jesus delayed like three days to come heal that guy. He was a cool. And why do you think he, he was did, a Why do you think he did three days? Yeah. I, yep. There's some symbolism there, folks. Pretty the interesting. Jonah, Jonah was three days in the belly of the whale. But the the clothes thing is it's sanctification, right? Yeah. Like he the milk he thing? regenerates. Are we past that? He justifies, and then he tells you to. Take your nasty death garments off. Mm-hmm. Put put off your vestments. Put off the old self. The old self. That's Ephesians. Put on Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Wear him. Put off. You need to take the old clothes off that you wore in your yeah. burial. Have you ever in read Zechariah 3 with Joshua, the high priest? Um, and Satan's accusing him, and then God says, take off your pure vestments. Or he says, take off your turban, I'll give you pure vestments. And Satan's accusing him, and then God says, I'll give him pure vestments. And he says, this this one's a brand plucked from the fire. And then Satan goes away defeated, and God saves him. It's like really epic. Honestly, no. He gives him new that clothes. that sounds amazing. And it's, I think it's prophetic because his name's Joshua, which is the Old Testament. Yeshua. Yeshua. Yeah, Yeshua. Exactly. Yeshua, Jesus. Joshua is the English version of Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a really cool passage. Wow. Satan is accusing Joshua the high priest, and then God comes up and says, Does, is, did you not know this is one brand plucked from the fire? And then, and then God gives him new like clothes. Satan says, you're dirty. And he gives him mm-hmm. new clothes and then he saves him. <laughs> it's like a really random piece of text. So it doesn't have much to do with it. He had uh, Joshua touch his tongue on the the coal. Joshua, the one that led him in the promised land? No, I, I was just uh, I was connecting it to Isaiah. That's what he does oh, for Isaiah. Yes. Yeah. Here. Put this thing on your tongue and Clean your sins will be atoned for. Well, he said that. <laughs> what? Of unclean lips. Yeah. 
One that, one that I always thought was weird in the Old Testament with the major prophets is when he makes Ezekiel lay on his side and eat cow dung for like a couple days. When he's remember and he prophesies over that city, he has to lay on his. I forget which side what side he lays on, but he makes him eat like cow dung and prophesy and curse the city that God's going to bring judgment down. It's really odd. Yeah, you're bringing up parts some of weird stuff in scripture. Scripture that I. Speaking of weird stuff in scripture, uh, I think you were gonna I'm not familiar with. I think you were gonna enlighten us. <laughs> Speaking of weird <laughs> Yeah. Did you have something you wanted to share with the listeners? Oh my. You wanted to edify the church, didn't you? Yeah, so um <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually legally required to uh put out some disclaimers before I <laughs> before I document this. Um, first, first being He's never that, that this is speculative in nature. It, it is not interpretation. It is not, uh, <laughs> teaching. It is not something that you should take away as truth it's a theory <laughs> okay it's an inference yeah. uh that i'm that i'm that i'm making mm-hmm. but i'm not i'm holding my theory loosely in my hand open, open hands open hands open and it could be snatched right out of there by god himself <laughs> and i pray he does if it's wrong but here we are. Uh, also, secondly, part of the uh, legally required disclaimer is that um, my wife strongly disagrees with me. <laughs> so she is not to be associated with this uh, in any way, shape, or form. And uh, it's caused some sharp conflict. In the home, in the home, yeah, <laughs> domestic of which I am the head. There's domestic disputes. Of yeah, which I am the head. yeah, yeah. Even even that of which I am the head. <laughs> there has come sharp conflict. It's very disputed due to what's coming out of my mouth. So, um, yeah, I think those are the main things. Uh. Don't forget that as we go through this. Brother Smith, there will be grace from the listeners. Wow. Give Brother Smith the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt. You know, I think that's kind of sums it up. But uh, let's do it. Let's let's get into the text. Let's exegete this. If text. it's not in the, t- if it's <laughs> the speculation, if it's let's not in the, if exegete. it's not in the text of scripture, it is to be rejected. Uh, you know, Zach's never let me down yet. If it's not in the text of scripture, get it out. <laughs> yeah, get it, out, get of it out of there, out of your head, out of your mind. Throw it in the garbage <laughs> where it belongs. <laughs> Curse it. You're going to Romans for this? Nah. Oh, this was just what you had. Nah, nah, yeah, just 
some I'm really some curious. light reading from early. <laughs> yeah, Roman's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he doesn't know where I'm going, I and now I'm just scrolling. like scrolling. It's very. And I wanted to. He's got me on my toes. I wanted. He said it's a new tantalize <laughs> a little bit. It's not OT. Stop teasing me. It's NT, but where's he? Let's get down. Is it Thess? Is it? Is it a Thess? Call Phil Ash. I'm thinking Jude. Honest, I'm thinking Jude. Jude. The Reefs, See, that's one Reefs. no one reads. Jude's awesome. It's all about false teachers and infiltrating the ter- church. I don't think. Is that what we're I don't doing? think I even like. Is Jude apocryphal? <laughs> Come, on. Come on. Get out of here. Sorry. I'm just <laughs> I'm just thing. really I'm drawing this sure out. <laughs> well, I certainly don't read it, so Matthew really? Yeah, dude. Matthew what? chapter I, I, two. two. What? The Magi? Oh my goodness. Know, okay, 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 okay. The Maggie, dude? Okay, okay, okay. I'm okay. not sure where you're going. All right. Um, this is the NASB, by the here way. Here we folks. go. Yeah, NASB 1995. Yikes. Do not read the new edition of the New American Standard Bible. You need the 1995 edition. Don't click on it if it doesn't say NASB 1995. All right. Um, Thank you, Brother Smith. You're welcome. That's due to gender uh, capitulation, language, translation decisions. And I did that too. That is a bunch of crap that you don't need. Don't do it. Just go ahead and buzz off. Don't do it. Tell it to buzz off and throw it in the trash. <laughs> All right. So um, this is the word of God and it is eternally <laughs> true. Matthew 2, verse 7 is where we start. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. Uh And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And when you it's have movie. found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. This guy's lying straight through his teeth. He doesn't want to worship no, he him. Doesn't. He wants to kill him. He wants to strangle that babe. First abortion. Herod he wants to killed that baby. a lot of babies mm-hmm. to try to find that one baby that would take him so over. that he could kill him. Yeah. Uh, so Herod's lying here. Man. We know that. After hearing the king, they went their way. But these magi are smart, and they could tell that he was lying, which is cool. After hearing the king, they went away, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Go ahead, make the inference. What the heck? Go ahead, go there. Is that star, dude? You want me to give you my take? What is it? 
I can tell you exactly what I think it is. <laughs> you first or me first? We'll we'll save you for the finale. <laughs> Fair enough. This is what this is what I've thought in the past. Whenever I read that text, there was a constellation. If you read before that, the Magi initial initially saw these are like fixated stars in the sky. And then when they get there, there's this other odd light that does move in response to their location. Stars don't do that in the night sky, even if you travel a long distance. Mm-hmm. So the initial constellation hey. they see, the star of – what is it? Where is he who has been born king of the yeah, Jews? We saw his star we saw his star in the east yeah. and have come to worship him. Yeah. So that star is a legit – I think that's a literal star. Now, I think God – But what I'm confused about is – what about a star in the east that they claim appeared? Later on, they say. Yeah. They determine from them the exact time the star appeared. The star appeared. Yeah. They've been studying the stars. Uh-huh. What Luke is saying is this star that told them the birth of a child was happening. Yeah appeared yeah that's yeah and and i'm hearing you out i'm not rejecting it yeah but what i'm saying is is i don't think i don't think any of this language is pointing to natural star astro astrological phenomenon i agree so Okay, here's here's another layer to this. The Magi were Zoroastrians. Okay, cool. That's a religion that was based in Iran around Jesus' time. It was mainly, monotheistic. It was mon. It was, it was a monotheistic. Well, kind of. It was a dualistic. There was Ahura Mazda, which is the good, and then there was I forget the name of the evil one. So there was oh, two wow. gods. I'm they, gonna sound so dumb now. They just perfectly opposed each other. So. You're gonna edit that out, right? No, you're fine. Well, I, <laughs> most people claim that it was monotheistic, but I did a whole, <laughs> I did a whole report in my undergrad. Of on course, it, you and did. I think it's, it was. I think it was actually a dualistic, and there's okay. actually a, it's kind of split fifty fifty in terms sure. of academia. But, so like their 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 uh, devil. Is like equal in power. Equal to in God. power. Yeah. Okay. They perfectly like balance yeah. That's each other dual. Out. Okay. So I agree with you that it's odd. The first people to come and worship Jesus, first of all, were pagans. How humiliating is that? They were Zoroastrians from the east. It's, that's so humiliating. It's prophetic, Rocky. I know his his people, the Jews, didn't even realize he was coming, which is super sad. And third of all, they're super pagan, obviously, mm. but they have some kind of occultism to them. And I think that they were able to read signs and things like that in such a way where the thing, the first thing they say is, "We've come to see the King that's been born of the Jews." So mm. somehow in their occultism, they were able to interpret a sign that some really important figure for a different religion was born. But I – How weird is I that? Think, I think – Isn't that so weird? I think God is is speaking to them. And telling them this is my son. Yeah. Go see him. Look, at this, look at this star that has appeared in the east. This is a sign that the king of the Jews has been born. Yeah. Go see him. Yeah. Like it probably how else like, how else do they have any of this that's information? What I'm I, well, it doesn't tell us in the text. It doesn't that's why I'm tell just speculating. us. 
We're all speculating Maybe. here. That's what, that was my disclaimer. <laughs> That's true. That was the whole point. <laughs> that was Five, first, I labored. That's true. That it was to help people understand that we are speculating. It's, yeah, uh, we are. We are going beyond the text. Okay. As as uh, elementary teachers <laughs> are wont to say. Yeah. He struggles to go yeah. beyond the text. <laughs> and make inferences, right? Yeah. We're making inferences. We're going far beyond the text. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That'd be my take. I actually, I guess I would agree with you because that would kind of leave the door open for universalism. Like anybody can come to know who the king of the Jews is. Like, no. God, probably there was a lot of angel messenger activity happening around that time. Mm. I imagine just like the shepherd, the angels appeared to the shepherds that come and worship Jesus after the Magi. It probably was a similar thing. Then they came to see his star. The star that moves, though, that's also something spiritual. Weird. These dudes did not uh, think that it was weird that God told them to go follow the star because they were probably used to demons telling them what to do. Yeah. How oh, 100%. They were occult. They were connected to the spiritual realm the unseen realm which we're about to probably get into a little bit yeah so when when they hear god speaking to them you know however he did inside their heads whatever uh-huh. he did they're like yeah oh yeah bet yeah let's go do it <laughs> let's go check that's it not out. weird let's do it <laughs> uh-huh. and let's bring gifts while we're at it yeah they say hey he's a king might as well bring gifts. Maybe we can. It'll give us some favor. favor. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I bet that's what they were thinking. They're, they're not. Yeah. They're not like these aren't pure men. Uh-oh. They're not. They're not Jews. They don't know the law. It is odd. It's very odd that they added that. That's part of the story. Well, Rocky, what I think it means is from the beginning, the you have the Gentiles in view yeah and throughout jesus's whole ministry where do you see success is in n yeah. mass his success is with gentiles oh, yeah. he touches samaria through a woman who in that day doesn't have testimony like in a court of law. <laughs> yeah. She is, yeah, she is uh, objectively an immoral woman. Yeah. And she goes back and says, there's a prophet who told me everything I've ever done. Yeah. Come check him out. And they all... I know. They in, they won't let they Jesus won't leave. Yeah. And he goes to his hometown and they say... Nothing good comes out of here. Sure. Yeah, we know you're you. a carpenter's son. Yeah, get lost. How Buzz off. So Jesus was treated with scorn. You see, uh, the great the greatest commendation of faith is a Roman centurion. Yeah, a Gentile. All of it's pointing to what's about to happen. Yeah. And the woes are pronounced on the Pharisees. Pharisees. Seven woes woes pronounced to the leaders of the Jews. They burden the people rather than lifting their burdens. Blind guides. 
you venomous snakes. Sad. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's why the Magi are the first to worship him it's because it's telling us something about the Gentiles. Yeah. yeah. So we're also in agreement that it must have been a divine act of God sending a messenger angel to tell them about Jesus's birth. Now let's get to the star. What the heck is that star? What is that dumb star, dude? It appeared and it's moving with them as they walk. It's not a, it's okay. First of all, let me, can I establish one more thing real quick? Yeah, do it all throughout scripture. What does, okay. Let's just go to Stephen. When Stephen is the first martyr has a speech at, what does he say at the end? You stiff necked people, you always persecute these people, whatever. And then he says, you exchanged basically worshiping God for worshiping what the sun, moon, and stars. So in scripture, the ancient Hebrew view of what a star is, is it's a spiritual being. They looked at the, the stars were always referred to as the heavenly host. They're always thought of as the angels or demons. Well, what are, look at constellations. Yeah. They're people. Yeah. They correspond to beings. Yeah. Gods. So that is littered all throughout scripture that the stars, the sun, moon, and stars that they worship what are they worshiping? Well, they're worshiping demons. When they when they exchange worshiping God to worship created things, the sun, moon, and stars, they're worshiping a god, lowercase g, which is angels or demons. Well, why does uh, Hebrews – why does Hebrews – the letter to the Hebrews labors to say yeah. in the first few chapters, yeah, I, yeah, I know Jesus – is superior to angels. Why? They had a habit of, they were worshiping freaking angels like idiots. So you're, you're spot on. They, they, they were doing that, uh, Hebrew demonology and angel, uh, study is like, (laughs) you want to find a wormhole. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that you'll never get out of. Yeah, scripture's That's so it. vague on it too. All the yeah. angel stuff is super. Talk vague. about like going beyond the text. Yeah, hundred percent. They, you have they to. what we're doing right now yeah. is what they like went headlong into For and a thousand years and <laughs> idol in an idolatrous yes. way. Yeah, they were overly concerned about it. We're just having a nice little thirty-minute discussion on a star. Nothing crazy. No, I mean. But we, we might do like five or six follow-up episodes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we would never go too two to far. Three hours, <laughs> nothing crazy. <laughs> we would never go that far. <laughs> um, Maybe for aliens. So you were saying? I guess the whole point of talking about it is to equip the church that we have biblical ways of thinking about this stuff. Yeah. So what's the biblical way to think the, about but, a star, a weird star? In the well. Direction? And there's a there's a much broader context that you and I have talked about um, that answers like why why even care about this? Yeah, exactly. And we've been talking about how there's just a lot of documentation coming out uh, about encounters. Of the third kind, like you guys were saying in the <laughs> other episode. Um, 
craft in the sky that move in a way that <laughs> we can't explain. Yeah. Um, that kind of that kind of public documentation has the has the potential to present. Um, what do I want to say? Like problems for unaware Christians. Yeah. If you're unaware, you're going to think it's a problem. Yeah, so like problems for, for noob Christians, um, but just like, uh, there's always, there's always like new developments where Christian apologetics has to say, um, we have dominion over that too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like the mandate is go and baptize the nations. Disciple the nations. Bring everything under the dominion of Christ. Mm-hmm. Including whatever documentation there is about weird fringe stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that's our that's our it's heart. Not fringe anymore if the government is talking about it and right. releasing documents. Like we need to how fringe we need to is not it? stigmatize it anymore. How fringe is it? Yeah. I think people want it to Flat be Earth theory fringe. Here's what I would say. I think Weird. people desperately want it to be fringe because they don't know how to handle yeah, it. They don't handle it. We're providing It's a way like out. it's like it's like we've been talking about philosophers and and the skeptics. Yeah. Hume. I think they don't talk about skepticism anymore because they don't know how to handle it. Yeah. They're just not interested because, well, that's a couple hundred years ago and nobody's reading it anymore. So who cares? Yeah. But it doesn't make the problems go away. Yep. Uh, In the same way, you don't, you may not like talking about. Say it. Unidentified <laughs> flying objects. You may not like thinking about people being abducted. Mm-hmm. You may not like uh, people going on DMT trips that they shouldn't be going on and, and having real encounters with yep. spiritual beings. Yeah. But you not liking it doesn't make it not real and it doesn't make it go away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to come knocking at your door (laughs) and you're going to be unprepared. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not the aliens knocking at your door. Yeah. yeah. The subject. subject. Hopefully they don't come knocking at your door. Well, then you you better be prepared to encounter a demon and you need to have, you need to have a, uh, Personal home defense firearm. Holy spirit. <laughs> no, I'm talking about a Glock. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking about. What if bullets don't work? A PPK. A <laughs> what if bullets don't work on such a thing? That's a fair. Yeah. No, that's actually a fair man. question. You're right. Uh, they. If they have. So if they have what we're proposing they have guns aren't probably going to do a whole lot yeah 
hundred percent. Um, anyways, it's going to come knocking at the door. Yeah. That's the broader, that's the broader context of like why I even care about this is that as, uh, um, if you're a Christian and you're interested in advancing the kingdom of Christ in all areas of thought Mm -hmm. and discourse, then you should probably care a little bit because people are talking about it. (laughs) You know, new age people are obsessed with this. We should be a part of every conversation. There there's, there's, there is just like, there's like, there's a fixation. You could watch hours of YouTube videos about aliens. Yep. And it's all new agers. Days worth, months worth. They I don't know how people. actually how much information there is, yeah. visual information in terms of videos on YouTube mm-hmm. talking about Thousands aliens. Of Thousands of hours. And and kids are watching this. Yeah. Like you can you can say, Well, my worldview doesn't care about aliens, but you've got unbelievers with their souls uh, dead, they're enemies of Christ, uh-huh. and they're going to YouTube for entertainment, and then they're watching hours of stuff about aliens. Yeah. So that's the reality. Yeah. And we're trying to deal with that reality. Exactly. And they show their true colors when they. You can watch videos of them going and doing seances to encounter the aliens. Mm. It immediately becomes a spiritual thing. They never purely keep it material. Yeah. Where, oh, these are, this is just a being from a material being that evolved on their own biological processes on another planet to hyperintelligence. It always gets super weird and spiritual. And it's the same thing even with top scientists like at CERN. They have – a Hindu god outside of their their particle um, particle accelerator uh, facility. Mm. So it's like, why? Why mm. would you do? Why would you engage with a religion like that if apparently you're a sec- secular atheist that's a materialist? Mm. Well, no, they're not. The people at the top are not secular atheist materialist guys. Like, don't think that way. It's a spiritual battle. Nobody actually takes atheism seriously. It's all the people at the bottom trying to dumb down the public. Mm-hmm. so that they have no meaning and purpose and they don't rise up to basically fight the people that are at the top. Because if you don't have any meaning and purpose, you have no reason to fight. So they want to keep you thinking, oh, what about atheism? This is like a heavy hitter. It's just, it's just <laughs> not. In academia, it's just not. Nobody thinks that. Darwin is dead. Exactly. Some of the lower tier professors will think that, but the dudes at the very top, the guys and gals at the very top of the hierarchy in academia, they are – either luciferian or new age they're not they don't they they understand the inconsistencies of atheism yeah and they understand satan is a powerful force that will give you what you want you know he'll 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 tempt you and give you the nations right yeah. like he did to jesus he'll he'll give you what you want as long as you don't follow christ mm. so that's why it's important it's a spiritual battle we need to fight anything to add to that we got to get back to that star. We will get back to that star. We didn't disclose the star yet. Yeah, we're kind of uh, 
we're kind of teasing that a little bit. We are. Which I think... We keep acting like we're going to come back to it. I think... It's maybe a little cruel. Makes it interesting, though. It does. Yeah. You never know when we're actually going to hit it or not. Maybe we'll never hit it. Uh, I actually did have a... I I didn't have anything to add to what you said. I agree with all of that. Um, I had a question about CERN. Yeah. Is that where they're doing um, the collider? Yeah. The had- it's the particle accelerator, the Hadron Large Hadron Collider. Hadron Collider. It's in Switzerland, I think. So get this. Yeah. I took a basic, like, a, um, acoustics class, so like physics of sound. Okay. Because it was related to um, speech, pathology. speech pathology. It's like. I don't know. Like you have to understand how sound works and <laughs> stuff. Well, I don't know. Yeah, things vi- the air vibrates. Yeah, that's basically what you need to know about that. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Uh, and we had a professor who worked at, at on the Hadron Collider. Really. Yeah. Interesting. It's like, why are you teaching? Acoustics. And this dude had to have been making yeah, just so much bank over in Swiss. Yeah. Eating Swiss cheese, <laughs> Swiss chocolates. It might not be in Switzerland. Don't go too far into the Swiss. Buying Swiss watches. Dude, yeah. I'm not sure about the Switzerland. I'm... Very confident that it's in Switzerland because that's what I remember about it. Okay, well, I think it is. I I think you're very right. Um, But it was just that was my fun digression of like. You've encountered the scientist actually worked on it. This guy was way, like, way above what he was doing it was like he was probably it felt like to him he was teaching the abcs to kindergartners Uh and we're all like struggling with how sound works (laughs) (laughs) this dude is studying particles colliding and what we're learning about quantum physics from it right like so that's amazing. Uh, I'm try. I can't remember his name. It was cool, and he his name yeah, was just lied to us. His right name was cool, and he was from Canada, mm. and he had a Canadian accent, nice. which I really liked. Yeah, accents are just cool. Yeah, Canada is not a good place, but Canadians are good things. I like Canadians, yeah. <laughs> like true, a big, not not yeah. like city Toronto liberal can Canadians yeah. that have that have migrated there. Yeah, those aren't Canadians. Yeah, you understand. Yeah, I'm talking about Saskatchewan. They live in the snow. <laughs> Canadians and, and they play ho- the they play circle. hockey. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. I like those people. I agree. Anyways, what what is that star, dude? What's that star all about? Um, do we have a definitive 
uh, ID on the star? We don't have a definitive ID, but let me throw out. You hit me with something I've never heard before. <sighs> what I think it is. <laughs> I still haven't heard this. Like, I, I'm on edge just as much as you guys are. I know you guys are at the edge of your seats. You've been waiting for 30 minutes for us to disclose the star and to put it to rest. There's no more yeah. debate after this. What is the Bethlehem star? We'll put it to rest. You know, so so um, <laughs> if it's not in the text, <laughs> throw it in the trash. <laughs> right? Yes, that's a good axiomatic principle. Um, so... Trying to organize my thoughts. It's okay. I can always cut this out. You, you, you might have to. Here we go. <clears throat> so people, a very popular, and I think a, it, it's a pandering perspective. Pandering. One more P. Perspective of people. People have this pandering perspective. Yeah, because the P pops. Yeah. P pops. It does. P pops. Alright, continue. It's a plosive. Okay, the E's not silent. That's the technical uh phonetic term. Plosive. It's a plosive. As an explosive, like it's that. There's a little root word there. There's a root there. For plosive. 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 Because you have air. This is also an etymology uh, podcast, guys. Shooting out uh-huh. from the pressure that your oh, lips gotcha. create, right? Yeah. Okay. Huh. So. A little bit of etymology for you. There guys. you go. I did minor in linguistics. <laughs> nice. At Indiana that. University. Wilmington. In Bloomington, where we met. That's where Zach and I met. <laughs> Back when Rocky was a we little wee fresh. Zach one. sat me down in a Chinese restaurant and railed me on the doctrines of grace. <laughs> Grilled him. <laughs> I was I was a raging Armenian. Zach sat me down and set me a straight. flaming. Him. <laughs> a flaming free willer, as yes. uh, John Piper would say. And Zach pretty much. Expose me in public around a bunch of Chinese people. I stripped you naked. I know. I was spiritually. I laid you bare. bare. Yeah. And I had to rebuild my foundation. What a beautiful moment. But Christ is the foundation. I'm surprised. That was a great Because I was so cage stage and like not capable of handling that with nuance and grace uh, yeah it was pretty that you in retrospect it was harsh but i needed it to be harsh. very harsh i think i needed it to be though because i'm and i apologize well, for I, you did you did years later but the thing is i'm like that too so it works on me you just yeah. got lucky that i was the kind of guy i was on. lucky that that it had its effect effect. and that was god's that's god's providence providence but i have matured a lot and am way more capable of Handling something like that better. Civil dialogue. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, I was like, vengeful. 
I had a hatred of Arminianism at that time. Uh-huh. So I wanted to like exercise you. <laughs> Not exercise. If you're an Arminian, please exorcise. We, we consider you a fellow brother and that's but, true, but, we, but, but, we, but your theology can be, improve. Be careful. Okay, yeah. It can improve. We, we can say that. It can improve. It can improve. We'll leave it there. Greatly. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, to get, the, to get the last one in there. <laughs> oh. No, you're right. You're right. If you're an Arminian... Fellow Arminianist fellow brother and sister in Christ. You are a brother. You are a sister. We love you. We would we love, love to sit you down talk with you, and though. At a Chinese restaurant. We would love to talk We'd with you. Take you out for some orange chicken. And sit you down. And grill you. <laughs> but And grill you. <laughs> That's actually an open invitation. If anyone's in the Indy area, true that. Armenian, seriously, at I will for the happily King, for the King podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Hit me up and say, "All right, I'll take you up. We'll buy it. Zach and I'll buy it. We'll sit you down. If you if you don't want are to not robed in the <laughs> the uh, plush mink." That is the doctrines of grace. <laughs> I invite you. They're free. They're free. It is free. You don't have to pay for them. We will we'll pay for your meal. They're free. The rest is free. And they are real, guys. They, they're they real comfortable. And they're better than what you've got on right now. <laughs> they're plush. We're looking for the they're plosives. They're just... Plosives. Explosive and plush, and I'm talking about like the finest vestments mm-hmm. of of soteriology of s- of so- soteriological understanding. Garments. So, yep, yeah. We've hit a lot on this podcast, but we need, we need to circle back to that star. <laughs> what the heck is that star, Let's man? Circle back about the star because I'm still curious. Exactly what are you? We've laid a good groundwork of Calvinism, of you know, aliens. I'm not sure that anyone's still interested in the star. We may have lost some people, but we're gonna hit the star because that's why we started it. We started with the star, started, we started with the star, the star, and we're gonna finish with the star. And I think you have some some knowledge to drop, yeah. So, um, I think we're so. I think we're so removed. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I think we're so removed from the text that I'm going to read it again. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, uh, I mean, no, sorry. Seven, Matthew 2, 7. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star Appeared. All right, guys. Not a word. I wonder the what the star. What the Greek is. Appeared. Yeah. Appearing seems to me to assume that at one point it was not appearing. Yeah, it wasn't there. 
am I crazy? The night before, there was no star there. Above. That star wasn't there, and then it appeared. Yeah. When we say something appears, it generally assumes that it wasn't there. Yeah. Right? Okay. There's f- first point. Yeah. <laughs> We're just walking through the text. We're literally just walking through Anybody the text. Anybody can do this. Anyone can do this. If half a brain... Uh, Exegesis, half of exegesis is walking through the text, letting it say what it actually says. And he sent them to Bethlehem, the city of David, Mm -hmm. prophesied to be the birth town of the Mashiach. 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 And said, go and search carefully for the child, capital C, child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way and the star, which they had seen in the east, past tense. Well, where, where did you just split off from the text there? After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star, which they they had had seen seen in the the east, east, past tense, they had seen it over there in the east, went on before them. The star went on before them, leading them, until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Okay, here here's my first here's my first thing. A lot of people are trying to figure out how these astrologically oriented people we're just like using a normal star and or comet out in like beyond our atmosphere mm-hmm. to track where they needed to go to get to the child. Yeah. But I have you're no that's less likely than what you're going to propose. I, I think it's, I think it's far less plausible I think given the specific language, which I found, I find very odd. Yeah. I think the language stands out. Yeah. That's why I, that's why I reread it. That's why I reread it. It's like, it is weird the way it's being described. Star came and stood at the place it was going to end up at went on before them went on what does that mean i'm trying to picture how i would if it's a comet don't comets move pretty fast or would it be too slow yeah okay but so maybe it's a comet but even if it is a comet how is the comet stop? How is it standing yeah. over the place? It's like it's moving and then it stops. A comet is continually 
goes across the it's sky. just still it's moving yeah. it's gonna keep moving and it doesn't stand yeah. over anything yeah okay how do they know when it when it if it didn't stop, how do they know where it's standing over the That's place? That's actually an interesting argument. I- but also, but also, even if it was a comet that stopped, how? What tool? Maybe I'm just not familiar with their level of like sophistication of astrology back then. Mm-hmm. But how would they sit there and say and coordinate and say, okay, where the comet is in the sky? We can draw a straight line from that comet out in space down to the ground on Earth and say it's yeah. standing over this Sounds specific perfect. spot. How, is, is that even possible? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. So here, so I, I'm going through all this to say what I think from the language that is actually most plausible is that this is a thing within the atmosphere yeah i agree that they only have the language to to describe as a star yeah one thing that i think puts stock in your argument is i don't know of any astrological celestial body that moves for a time and then stops and rests in an area and the language is certainly pointing to it stopping yeah how else is it did it stand over the place? Yeah. It went on before them and it stood over the place where the child was. Yeah. And you could track vertically down if it was within the atmosphere. Exactly. Just like you see something tall in the distance and you go to it and you once the as it gets less tall, less small, it comes into vision, you're gaining ground. It has to but be you decently do close over the thing. For them to be getting closer, quote unquote, getting closer, you never get closer in the night sky no matter how much you walk. You don't get closer to a star because they're too far away and you don't actually get any movement. You can't coordinate. Yeah. You can walk all you want in the night sky and look at a specific star. change the position. How are you going to coordinate it to a specific spot on the planet? Yeah. (laughs) It's just it's it's that's it's a good point. Ridiculous. Yeah. That's where like and I love my wife, but that's where she is and I'm like okay, you're saying you think yours is more plausible, but I literally can't work out how your position works. Yeah. I don't know how they do this. I can't work it out I don't in even my know head. We could do that without satellites right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we can. I just uh, so so we don't have any we don't have any challenge with the miraculous in the gospel accounts. Yeah, it's filled with miraculous. Uh, so if I can't work out how it's an actual star outside of our atmosphere, light years away. Or comet, even within our solar system, still too far away and doesn't stop. I'm left with the option of a thing emitting light within our atmosphere that's moving in the sky, guiding these men. 
to a specific spot in Bethlehem. Right? Yes. So what is that thing? The answer is? It is an interdimensional spacecraft from the spiritual unseen realm. (laughs) It's so hard to say with a straight face. (laughs) All of it sounds so good up until that moment. And then when you have to say it, it's so funny. It never gets old. Yeah. It's just when when I look at your face. I, go, I promise I'm not joking, but I can't say that. <laughs> They've jerry-rigged these terms. If you say these terms, yeah. you're immediately yeah. paying yeah. us crazy. They've jerry-rigged these terms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm left with what? So, like, what am I left with? <laughs> I, think the, I think this laughter is going to really, really rob from this moment. <laughs> <laughs> It makes us sound like now we're like we're joking. We're trying to be funny. No, we're being percent. We're being serious, but we just know how it sounds. It's pretty good. It's pretty good how it sounds. Oh, oh, it it's really what I think. Spacecraft from the unseen oh, realm. Oh man. And the language, the language of that is so specifically <laughs> chosen and, and really accurate. It's really precise. It's really precise language there that I use. <laughs> they know exactly what you mean. The language leaves no doubts what you're getting at, what you're trying to say. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> So that that that's that's kind of the big reveal, right? Oh, but that leads that's us good. into that's so good. a larger conversation <laughs> that I don't know if you think <laughs> I don't know if you think That's amazing. Okay, well well so let me stop oh. because <laughs> let me stop because we need to hear what you think about that? You what mean, does Rocky Ramsey think about? You want that? me to interact with that? I want you to re- interact with that immediately. Okay. Um. Let's see. What, what's what's the really precise language I would use? I. Th- <laughs> this is. Really good. I think a fearful and wonderful being. Again, like Zach said, from the unseen realm is manifesting in its holiness and otherness in our realm for a supernatural message given to pagans, pagan, pagan men, the the mag, the magi. Yeah. How is that? That's bearable. So that's actually my like, uh, that's like my number two. Uh huh. I would say is that it's not a craft, but the actual being, well, an actual angel itself. There's actually plenty of scripture and angel. We know angels like probably in their own bodies can fly around. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, here's the thing. There's plenty of scriptures. <laughs> Zach, Zach, there's a lot of scripture that that angels actually have vehicle apparatus that allows them to be mobile in a different way, in a different way where their own bodies won't allow them originally. So we see, first of all, in Ezekiel, there's wheels that they're traveling in, which is an odd thing. There's a psalm. That's all they had to describe that, you know. Exactly. And again, and what does the psalm say about what God comes in with his host? His host are riding in what? Chariots of fire. Mm. So it, they're they're just using the language they know to describe something. Obviously, chariots of fire are what they what the dude sees on the mountain too. We exactly. talked about that earlier. Of oh, the king Elisha. It's one of the kings. I know what you're talking about. They see the <sighs> and he's with the prophet, and it looks like they're going to get just wrecked by this army. And the prophet's like, "There's more of us. <laughs> There's more of us." Yeah, and then the king. His, his eyes are open and he can see all these chariots of fire with angels in them yeah. on the mountain. Yeah. So we know there's there's technology that they have in the form of a chariot. A chariot was super advanced back in their day. A chariot is like the equivalent of a tank. It's like what? They don't – It was unbeatable. It's what a, kind of language do they have? What kind of vocabulary do they have to describe yeah. what they're seeing? So they see the angels equipping something – that allows them to move in a weird fashion in battle yeah. or when they're just flying around the wheel thing in Ezekiel. So I don't think it's far-fetched to say that – I don't know what it's made out of, but I don't think it's far-fetched based on scripture that there's weird objects that angels also can harbor and use for their own benefit to move around in the physical realm. Basically, we have evidence that that angels have technology. Exactly. That's well. There's another. Would that's I bring up the, one more text? Real that's quick? the basis for like most of my inference here is there's all kinds of Old Testament evidence of the messengers of God when they're coming into contact with people having technology. Yeah, okay. it's not just their bodies. Yep. Right, they're ha- they have tools, yeah, at the very least, which to me suggests There's that the spiritual unseen realm has intelligence, development of its Something, own some material technology and yeah. material. It's it's physical. The spiritual realm is not um, it's not cloud like. It's yeah. It's not. It's not distant. a bunch of clouds. It's concrete. I think that's the word for it. It is a concrete it's reality. Concrete. It's it's everything that we like touch and feel. That's hard and like everything that we come into contact with. That's exactly how they experience their their realm. Exactly. Uh, but they're not humans. I think they're actually more advanced with, than us intellectually. Sure. Otherwise, physically, probably like oh, hundred percent. There's yeah. just other stuff going. They're more on. powerful in and of themselves. Yes, and 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 we already have the evidence that they are they, they use tools, they use implements to get yeah. things done. They don't just 
use their bodies. They have weapons. They have they have things to get around in, like the chariots of fire, which we don't even really know what that means. Yeah, but we know it's describing something that they use. Yep, a tool that they use. So, can I bring up one more alien? Or sorry, not aliens. Which the kind of the point of what we're talking about though is to have a Christian construct by which to filter the information about so-called aliens and alien spacecraft through. Exactly. How are you as a Christian going to handle this in your worldview? How are you going to have categories for it? I think it's – And we're telling you – they are angels and they are demons, and you're not a kook for saying these things have technology that are way more advanced than ours. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, I first of all, I think it's completely internally consistent to the Christian worldview to claim, based on everything that we've given from the scriptures, that angels can manifest material in a weird way that allows them to do something that they wouldn't do in and of themselves in this realm. So what I mean by that is they can, if if they want to move around in an unhuman like manner, they can manifest a a spacecraft that can move like that. They could do that. Yeah. If they can manifest physical bodies, then I sure they could, I'm sure they could manifest some type of metal that they can form into a weird ship that they can get around. And one text that makes me think that in I forget which king it is, but again, it's in. I think it's in Second Kings or one of the Samuel's, one of the Chronicles. But Israel's getting judged, and there's an angel that appears over the city, and it's described as having a sword that stretches the length of the city. Mm. So that's miles, guys. Wow. So somehow it manifested. First of all, it's massive. It's as big as a city. It can wield a sword that's as long as a city. This is like a giant. How strong is? This I know. Thing? That's what I'm saying. They're very strong. They're stronger than what we think, and it's man- it manifested itself somehow that large, first of all, and it's also wielding a sword that interacts as it slashes its victims. I think it was the angel of death. It makes me think it of uh, – Material interacts with yeah. each little house it hits and the clay roofs, and it destroys the clay roofs with its sword that it manifested that has – it's made up of – I don't know if it's atoms. It's made up of something that can yeah. interact with material in this – Realm when it slashes its sword. Wow. Um, you ready to get weird? Get real weird with me right now. We're going there. Makes me think of... Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe's character, Iron Man. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, it might not have even been the angel's body oh yeah but like a technology that he was wielding of like an exos like an exosuit like a big massive mechanized thing exosuit sure that he could intricately control and wield this city sword yeah i don't know i don't know know, dude i'm just playing around i don't know (laughs) wait there's one other thing i wanted to say we're speculating, We're you speculating. guys. Can you speculate with us? Can you just come alongside us and just have fun? Come alongside me and have fun. What was I going to say? 
This was actually an important point I wanted to make. And we were talking about the sword, Old Testament stuff. Oh, in the so you're talking about technology and stuff. In the book of Enoch, guys, not scripture, Whoa. not canon, not necessarily true. to talk about Apocrypha. I'm talking Apocrypha, and I'm also talking non-scripture, non-canonized, and also mm. not pertaining to the story arc of salvation, mm. of God's story whatsoever, in no way, shape, or form. But I also want to say that there are human written books that contain some historical truth to them. And I want to maintain that here by quoting this Enoch. So in Enoch, in, in Enoch's first book, it talks about how there was this special group of angels that came down from heaven called the Watchers, and they met on Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon is quoted in scripture a lot. And I don't know, it just says that they came down to Hermon and they taught mankind things like cosmetics, makeups for women. They taught mankind how to do certain music things, certain things with like, – basically just taught them technology. So there's a historical document. These are demons. They're demons and they're basically giving – like stuff like cosmetics. It's so internal, prideful and all this stuff. I think they're giving humans tools that they can use in their depravity think to about cosmetics, invent evil. Think about cosmetics in the uh – in the application of sexual immorality. Yes, exactly. Right? They were bolstering that. They, right. they knew humans had a proclivity for this. So they came down and they basically played on that. You know, how we, can a woman enhance – how can we help women enhance their beauty so that they might seduce men much easier? Yeah. Exactly. But think about, think about just the, cosme, uh, the concept of cosmetics – today and how much a woman can change her physical she appearance. can look totally different she can be completely fake you can look nothing like the way that you were born and nobody will know yeah it's that well done now yeah uh it's crazy actually yeah so i just want to bring that up there's a historical document that a spiritual historical document that sure it's not scripture it's not authoritative in any way shape or form we're not claiming that i'm just saying if something weird happened in history where somebody had an encounter with a weird demon thing that came down from on and met them on a mountain similar to i don't know maybe muhammad the prophet that started a world religion that's led mil millions astray boom i don't think muhammad is crazy guys i bet he encountered a demon and i bet the demon told him information that he was very Compelled with the information he was given, that he was getting a message from "quote unquote" uh, Allah. Mm -hmm. But remember, guys, Satan comes as an angel of light. Allah, Allah. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that obviously demons want to lead humans astray. Obviously, spiritual entities have a weird way to manifest themselves. They can do it materially. They can teach us things. They can tell us things that's otherworldly in nature. They have a weird knowledge that we don't have. So it's not out of the playbook that they would do something. I like think this. it's also that they um, they don't die like we do. Yeah, they just accumulate, accumulate, they, accumulate. They live. Yeah, they they are old. They know. Think about if you or I could live for two thousand years. How smart plus? Would we be? Yeah. How much would you know? How smart? How much would you, would you know by that time? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it may not even be that they were like, they started with 
more capacity. But just, I mean, uh, you know, being alive for that long. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of time on your hands. Yeah. To learn stuff. Yeah. Like there's some guys, some humans in history, guys like Nikola Tesla, give the, you know, he only lived till he was like 50. Give him, give him another 20 years and he could have sped us up to 21st century electromagnetic frequency um, information transfer. He could have figured out Bluetooth in the, in the 19th century and sped things up a lot quicker if he wouldn't have been prematurely killed. So I imagine the angels have figured out things, obviously. That some people they needed the extra time and weren't able to have it because they were human. Well, didn't Nikola Tesla get his ideas from, <laughs> from demons? demons? <laughs> yeah, I did bring that up once. Well, there's just uh, odd things in his diary. If you go read his diary, he talks about like not having these ideas. They were given to him by he would have nightmares and see these weird spiritual entities, and then all of a sudden he had the idea. Mm. Like it was almost like implanted. it was implanted. Interesting. And he's the father of modern electromagnetic yeah. radiation and frequencies. So you have alternating current. Yeah. Because of Nikola. Nikola Tesla. Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't think it's far. We have like testimonies of people interacting with demons this way. So I don't like there's a reason why there is a notion of selling your soul to the devil. Like he will give you success. Yeah. He will. <laughs> he'll give you innovation he'll give you innovation he'll give you Which some ingenuity, ingenuity yeah. just to keep you from Christ but we have a better we have a better king we have a better mind in Christ the one mind that we have in Christ the renewal of the mind much better yeah that's a good uh, that's a good thing to conclude on is just saying these these speculations encourage us because we're not going to be unprepared when the unbeliever comes to us and says, you've seen that new government document with the thing that flies real fast and we can't explain it. And it's mm-hmm. like, well... Can't explain that. I actually can. Yeah. It's not a problem for me. Yeah. You know, or, you know, that's the kind of thing I, I'm I'm thinking through in, in terms of this isn't something new. This isn't presenting a problem to us. And I think that a lot of Christians either avoid it or when they do encounter this this topic they are genuinely fearful yeah, intimidated by it intimidated uh, and if they were to be pressed and say like what would you say if someone asked you about this they'd be like I have no idea I have no idea yeah I would I and I think most of them are tempted to say well it's just it's just all fabricated. You know, like go into some extreme ditch or some extreme rejection of what might potentially be true when they don't have to. You know. Yeah. 
hundred percent. So, um, it's not a threat. Like we said, Christ commands us to take dominion, um, subdue the earth under his dominion and angels and demons and all of their technology is under his sovereign reign. And I do think there it is worth saying there's things that we're obviously not supposed to know with certainty. The scripture touches on so much and get and is the source of the only source of certainty. Yep. From an epistemological standpoint. The only source of certainty of knowledge, right? Because it actually comes from God. Yep. Um, the only non-fallible being. Yeah. That is such that is the privilege of having God's word. Like it's such a nice thing to fall back on and say, hey, I'm not sure about this and that's fine. But I know what I can be sure of. It's yep. who God is, what the meaning of being a human is, where the earth comes from. It answers all the questions of worldview, meaning, purpose, morality, destiny. You always have perfect presuppositions, which lay the foundation for logically reasoning through everything else. Uh It may not – scripture is silent on a a lot of things, but it doesn't mean it doesn't touch those things. Uh Oops. Wow. Sorry. Leave that in there. Sorry. <laughs> Leave that in there. Um, because it it provides us the foundation for understanding everything else. Yeah. Um it is the it is the starting point of knowledge. Yep. Is the fact that God is and has revealed himself. And that's how you solve skepticism. And solipsism. That's how you solve solipsism. It's how you solve skepticism writ large. Uh, Guys, Zach and I are going to do a lot of this stuff, follow-up episodes. We're going to talk about skepticism. We're going to talk about presuppositional apologetics. We're going to talk about postmillennialism. We're going to collab a little bit. We just... Unless you guys say you don't like this guy. We're not afraid. And, um, yeah, you don't have to like me. I don't really care. <laughs> That's true. I'll, I'll probably have him on no matter what. Rocky likes me. I do. I approve. I do. Rocky likes I me. do. I do. <laughs> uh, I think about it. Uh, so we we have uh, asserted our dominance over the topic of so-called aliens and their so-called spacecraft um, for the glory of God. Exactly. We just subdued every argument against God. They're going to use it as an argument against God. That's yeah, why we're subduing that's it. That's the point. We're subduing it prior. That's the point. And we know that's coming. We see it from a mile away because what isn't used Discernment, yeah. as, a, as an argument against Christianity. Yep. Uh, so yeah, just hopefully this, this is a starting point to like, for you to not fear this topic 
and to know that you can. Yep. Um, it fits nice and neat. It does. Right into the scriptural worldview. Yeah. It, there's no problems. Yeah. It's just, it actually f- falls right into our lap. And we say, yeah, we've got all kinds of categories for that. Exactly. We've already got pre existing knowledge and textual yeah. evidence to say, I can file that's that. not a problem. I can file that right into my Christian worldview. Let me just find the folder of otherworldly. Alien-like beings, unseen, unseen yeah. realm. What's my file for that? Oh, as a Christian, I do have a file for that. Yeah, because there's a there's a there's a spiritual realm. Yep. We're not materialists, exactly at all. That's why we reject we their presuppositions. Reject it when they say this is a problem for you, I say no, it's not. Your no. presupposition is that yeah. it is a problem. My presupposition is that it's not, yep. and I reject your presupposition, and I don't need to adhere to your worldview. Nope. My worldview beats you. Your worldview is uh, drastically inferior to mine. Yeah. We because have the yours argument. is false and mine is true. Exactly. Yep. Also, um, I want to say we're not claiming that this is like authoritative or orthodox Christian teaching or whatever. We're just saying, right. listen, as Christians – if the world's going to try to come at you with something, you need to have an answer and say, oh, is this is this feasible? Can we do away with it feasibly based on our own presuppositions? And we presuppose in the Christian faith that there's a spiritual realm yep. with unknown attributes to us. Yep. And if we see unknown attributes physically happening in our realm, then we can logically just file that under that category and say, oh, I can't understand all of it. But I can't understand that you using it as an argument, you presupposing that it's an argument against God, against Yahweh, the creator of all things. It's you so better be foolish. kidding yourself. So foolish. You're kidding yourself. Yeah. I don't have to presuppose that It doesn't whatsoever. make any sense. It doesn't. It's just foolishness. But it that's really the point of this. Sense. God, God, the point of this God in scripture establishes the spiritual realm. Yeah. <sighs> Everywhere it it, it talks it talks about the spiritual unseen realm yeah it it's like i said it's playing into our hand and so be confident be confident in the word of god and in your christian faith knowing that it truly is an unstoppable worldview and it's unstoppable because it is true. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus Christ is the truth. Amen. Amen. I'm just go ahead and end it there. Wow, that was epic. That was epic. <laughs>